All right, good morning, good morning, River City family. Good morning. If you guys want to start to make your way towards your seats, we're going to get started for church. All right, and good morning to everyone who is watching on live stream. Today, our rhythm is going to be celebration, and it's a day where we focus on just celebrating and encouraging the body and finding things about God that we love to celebrate. And so this morning, I really want to celebrate our online community. You guys have been so faithful. I know it must be hard to not be in church and to be with others, but the fact that you tune in, the fact that you worship with us and that you're in the comments means so much to us. You Add so much to our church and so I just want to celebrate you and affirm you we see you we love you we are so glad that you're a part of our body this morning so I hope you guys know how loved you are if you would with me we're gonna jump into our lectionary passage this morning we're gonna read Psalms 146 and so if you would stand and put your body where your theology is we're gonna just stand in reverence as we read the psalm this morning so it says praise the Lord praise the Lord O my soul I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth and on that very day, his plans perish. But blessed is he whose help is the Lord of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made the heaven and the earth the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind and the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourns and he upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. And so God, we stand as one of those many generations that David spoke about, exalting you and praising you. God, this morning, we are the prophetic vision of David's hope that a people would be so committed to you throughout time. And God, we thank you that you have been faithful from the very beginning. We thank you for the ways that you have carried us through. God, we are living evidence of your goodness, and this morning, we don't hold that lightly. And so we thank you for your faithfulness thus far. We praise you in anticipation for your faithfulness to come. God, this morning we lay down our anxieties and our agenda at your feet. We give you everything we have this morning, God. And we just take on your yoke of peace. Be with us this day as you are in every day. We love you and we exalt you. And in your holy son's name we pray. Amen. I thought Becca was giving me the worship eyeball. <laughs> she was telling me to do my job. <laughs> All right, we're going to pray um, this morning. So we're just going to turn our hearts to prayers of the people. And I just want to remind you that 
This is whatever word you call it. You can call it different words, but we are interceding. We are going before God on behalf of our brothers and our sisters um, that desperately need our prayer. We're making this service about more than just coming together as this little piece of the body, but we're making this service remember intentionally um, to bind up the brokenhearted and to lift up the people that need our support, that need our prayers. And we just believe that prayer actually changes things, that God invites us to be a partner with Him, that it is His delight to turn His ear to us when we ask And so we just come with that heart in mind that God is excited to hear us cry out for our brothers and our sisters. And I just, I don't want to do this by myself. I want every person in here and those watching online, just please just help me. Just pray with me as one body because we really need um, every single one of us to just come together and ask God for what we so desperately need that's already on his heart. And I'm going to pray Um, after I read a little bit of Philippians 2. So I'm going to read 2 through 5. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and His mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, with one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide inside your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness and possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example of Jesus, the anointed one, set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. So Jesus, with that in mind, God, we just want to come together and consider the ones that aren't in this room as better than ourselves. And we want to pray like we believe that faith changes things. So Jesus, um, let the least of us around us just fill our hearts and minds right now. The ones that we don't notice, the ones that live in our homes, the ones that live in our neighborhoods, the ones that are in our extended family. God, just open our eyes to see who the least of us is already in our lives. God, open our eyes to the ones that desperately need an encounter with your spirit, with your love. Open our hearts and move us in love to those that are in our own families already, that are in our own jobs already. Just open our hearts, Jesus. Let us love like you do. Let us lead the charge of love and carry out the calling on our lives to be active, to be peacemakers, forming pathways intentionally for peace, places for love to grow and for the new life of Christ and his resurrection power to spring forth in the darkest places, in the places that we've said is too far gone. There's no hope left and you're just begging us to let your power and let your love just spring forth. 
Let us repent for our passivity, our apathy, our isolation, our materialism, our gluttony, our pride, our strife, and our bitterness, and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us reunite with the fire of the Holy Spirit, binding up our wombs, setting us free, and sending us out with your love, your voice, and your power. Move our hearts and minds and bodies into action. Let River City Church be a place where we move in action. Let our faith be active and alive as we live and move and have our being. God, let us work together as we seek to restore and redeem what the enemy has stolen around us. Let us not hide in regret and shame and isolation and fear. Let us not prefer our own way or fall in love with our own comforts and our own preferences, but let us, River City Church, be broken as you are broken and break our hearts over what breaks yours. And let our brokenness over what moves your heart lead us into humility. And let unity be birthed from that place. Let us with glad and sincere hearts learn how, as we observe and study you, to seek to outdo one another in honor, humility, and servanthood. God, open our homes and just open spaces for refugees in Jesus' name. Open in our families room for widows and orphans, homeless, addicted, and mentally unstable. The ones who irritate us most, Jesus, open a space in our heart for you. God, we confess that irritation has no part in love and we return to you. Give us a heart of pure love this morning, seeking no agenda, no fame, no identity. But God, make us simply to actually be your hands and feet. God, I pray specifically for those who have stopped gathering and think no one's noticed over COVID. They've just kind of slipped away who are just waiting for someone to remember and remind them that they matter to Jesus and they matter to us. God, we pray for the Owens and Laura Haddon as they prepare to serve overseas in Serbia in October to serve refugees. We pray for them for all the roles that they need to be filled to be filled. They're still looking for several things, um, someone to run sound, someone um, to serve as small group leader. Lord, we pray for wisdom and discernment as they communicate and interact with Serbian officials. Jesus, just open the door and keep them safe. We pray for the teens that are coming to the camp to experience the love of Jesus in a powerful way. God, we pray for protection from COVID for all the team members that are coming from many different countries all over the world that are traveling and um, we just even pray against the anxiety and the stress and the tension that can build when we're trying um, to follow you in the middle of COVID in the middle um, of so much war and so much tension God let us be a presence of peace through the Owens and Lara and God I just pray that you would remind us as their home body to just keep them on fresh on our hearts and our minds to really cover them and support them even though we can't go we're still a part of them as they go out and do the things um, that are so dear to your heart god we love you we thank you for this morning and um, god i just pray that you would continue to teach us how to pray 
Teach us how to pray the way that you pray, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. So today I'm going to jump. I'm going to give you a couple things real quick. So, hey. hey. I wrote that down on my list. Hey. How are y'all? Everybody's doing good. It seems everybody's doing good. Um, hey, people online that aren't here are going to be watching this on Tuesday. How are you doing? It's good to see you. It's good to not see you, but think of you. Uh, coming soon. I'm going to do this the next three weeks. It's going to be kind of annoying, but I want you to just know it. Studying the book of James, we're in it. Next four weeks, pots. We're finishing that today from you and moving forward and developing our pots. We had so much buy-in for this. I made a list on my computer, like maybe three to four times the amount that we did last year of people that have put energy into writing this out. Thank you. When you do that, it really makes a difference. So you'll have an idea, you'll have an opportunity in the service to do this. Then we're going to move into a study in the book of Hebrews. Everybody say Hebrews. Hebrews. Amen. Then we're going to be working towards in November an all-church event called Love Street. Look over there real quick if you're online. That's what I said. I said Love Street again. <laughs> well, you know, Love Smyrna, okay? And you'll hear more about that soon. But that's coming up. And then an ETS retreat for all those involved in ETS. And then Advent. Everybody clap for Advent. Love some Advent. So, and then today, part two, James. We're going to speak on James chapter two. Last week, we gave the little bit of info about the book of James, how James was speaking to those in the dispersion or those that had to flee from Jerusalem after the death of Stephen. And they didn't have leadership. They didn't have apostles to connect with. And so James was like, I got to step in. I got to love these people. I have to serve them by reminding them of this gospel message and what it looks like to get out. He was a little frustrated, but I think he was very pastoral because there was bitter speech that had started to mar their community. In other words, they were arguing and what was specifically happening in chapter one is people were talking over one another, which I told you last week is my most annoying thing to witness someone else do to someone. It's such a sign of like, I mean more than you, like mid-conversation. This community was just a bunch of talkers saying what they thought without listening. We talked about how the gospel and the righteousness of God flourishes in communities that listen well and that feel listened to. So those two things, listening and listened to, makes the gospel flourish in communities. But the opposite also happens when people only talk and don't listen. It's like when people, you know when someone's listening to what you're saying, but they're only waiting till you, till you finish just to say what they wanted to say. And they're like, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but, but did you? But did you hear what I was saying? And then how guilty we actually are of that. I do that all the time, all the time. And so the second part we're gonna talk about in James chapter two, it's a little bit similar in that he's still trying to reorganize the way they're a body. But here's the reason why they're who God is using to meet people in that area. And with bitter speech and talking over one another, the gospel just doesn't happen. It's like Facebook Christians fighting about politics or whatever. It just does not come through that. The gospel cannot travel through that. So he's like, guys, we have, to, we have to remember whose we are, who we are, and what we're called to. And so I'm going to read you James chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. You can pull that up on the screen, and then you can also pull that up online. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man is wearing a gold ring and fine clothing, comes into your assembly 
And a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in the good place. While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom? Which has promised to those which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into the court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called Christian? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. That's, that's heavy. But that's not his desire. That's not the, the father's desire. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Just, just real quick. Pause. Sarah's, Sarah's not in here to help me. She's working with babies, so there's no telling what you're going to get. So what the Pharisees would do is they would stack what they've done well, and then they would stack where they've sinned, and for them, if the stack of what they've done well outnumbered the stack of what they've sinned, they would consider themselves as righteous. So really the game was, I just have to do a little more than I've done wrong, which he's saying here for clarity, listen, you can do, you can, you're about to, you can kill someone but not commit adultery? You're still in sin, right? All of that weight is going to fall on you. And so, for he said to them, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. And if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who are judged under the law of liberty. Amen. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that save him? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, it does not have works. If it does not have works, it's dead. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. So really quick, I'm just going to try and travel through this. It feel, this room today feels strange to me, just to be honest. It's like a strange feeling in here. And I don't know what that is. So actually, I'm going to pause for a moment, and I'm going to invite the Spirit of God into this room. Can we do that? Does anybody else fear, feel that? Okay, that's just, I just sense that there's something happening in here. I don't know what it is, so I want to invite God in. So Holy Spirit... I don't know what's happening in this room. I don't know if there are extra walls. I don't know if people are running. I don't know if, uh, if there's just a spirit of consumerism. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I sense, I sense that your spirit is having a hard time operating in this room. And your spirit is the spirit and the law of liberty. And, and as the scripture says, you're always pursuing us with mercy because mercy triumphs over judgment. So... Jesus, I just pray that any walls in this room could be torn down, that the, 
the law of liberty and love, that love for one another would thrive in here, that we would be attentive, that we are a part of the body. We would be thankful that we can be present as body members. We are a part of the body of Christ in Smyrna. So just have your way in this room, Jesus. And I don't think that has to look all crazy and anything like that. I just think it's us saying we surrender to you. So just corporately right now, let's just surrender to the the Father. Uh, Father, in whatever way, we just surrender to you, right? Like we just, we know that we need you more than anything. We need you more than, you know, the Falcons that are going to play or, or the Braves that are going to play. We need you more than whatever's on Instagram. We need you more than getting our kids ready for tomorrow. We need you more than the trip we're going to have or the meal with family today. Jesus, without you, this just doesn't work. So we all admit in Jesus' name, we need you. We need you. So you're invited in the rest of this sermonette or whatever you'd like to do to be present and work. And especially in those broken places right now, in the broken places in this room that are just hiding, um, out, of, out of shame even, I just invite you into these broken places that we carry, God, in the, in the bored places, in the parts of our lives where we're just kind of like blah, just bored because we're so inundated with whatever we want. We invite you into those places right now, God. We invite you into um, just relational discord right now. Many of us are thinking about people or things we've harmed or been harmed by, we just invite you into that. God, we just pray that we would sense what it's like to be your beloved today. What does it look like to be a beloved son and daughter of the Most High King who's not here to dominate others but to love others with that same love? We want to be that kind of vessel. So spirit of peace, spirit of freedom, spirit of wisdom, please reign. We give you access. And I thank you for each human in here. They're all so important to you. Each human online, they're all so more important than any words can say today. The way that you feel and see them, and even me and us and the leadership, we just, we desperately need you, God. Forgive us for not needing you. Forgive us for replacing prayer with money or events or busyness. We just need you. It doesn't work without you. No slogan helps. It's just... It's you. We need you. So we invite you. In fact, I just ask everybody. Some, somebody's going to not like this, but just, we're just all going to say, we invite you. Just say that to him. Just, we invite you, Jesus. Be Lord of our lives. Lord of our families. Lord of our finances. Lord of our youth group. Lord of our staff members. Lord of our finances. Lord of our brokenness, Lord of our shame. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, I feel better. (laughs) So that's good. All right, moving on. I'm going to preach really quick, but without being super quick. Okay, so this starts off by saying two things really quick. Listen and hold on to Jesus. And so I want you to just get a picture of me just holding this right? I have, a, I have a, a comedian I listen to all the time, my favorite comedian, and he says that when he talks to people, he tries to tell them, listen, I'm not a smart person, and I want you to be warned before we have a conversation, and nobody ever believes him, but he's like, I'm telling you because we're about to actually talk, and that's when you're going to realize that I am not a smart man. This, this person, James, is telling this community, I'm about to walk you into some things. You have to hold on to Jesus for this. Like, 
The first line, hold on to Jesus Christ, the Lord of light. He's about to tell them how they're behaving poorly. So he's saying, hold on to Jesus. Don't go just do this. Don't, ju- don't just go be missional and accomplish a mission and love your neighbor without holding on to Jesus. And in fact, if you actually hold on to Jesus, that's where you're going. Like this, if this is Jesus, like, oh, I guess we're going over here. How you doing? Love you guys. Beautiful people, beautiful people. But here's the thing. If you don't hold on to Jesus or if you desire to not love people and attach action to your faith, you've already let Jesus go because that's where he's going. That's what he's going to do. So when we have the inability to love people, especially those that are the least of these, it's not like, Jesus, how do I do this? It's somehow we've decided we won't. And when we do it without him, it does not work. It works for a time. And then the fruit, if you're drawing or if we're drawing people to something other than Jesus, we do not have the capacity to sustain it. It's just impossible. So he says to them, listen, hold on to the faith in Jesus Christ. This is my favorite phrasing for this passage was called the text of the prejudiced usher. Which, here's the scene. So imagine our two back doors. Imagine, if you will, a rich person walks in. This is what's being said. A rich person walks into the sanctuary for them wearing a gold ring. For us, I don't know. Just you can tell when that person walks in. Maybe it's the mayor of Smyrna. Mayors probably aren't rich in Smyrna. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's Arthur Blank. Maybe it's the president of the Braves. They're only three miles from here. Maybe that, that person walks in. And then on the other side at the exact same time, someone walks in who is very poor. And you can tell by the appearance of both there's a difference. In this scenario, it's almost like there's a hush that happens to the body because the body is looking at what's about to happen here. And in this scenario, this usher, he judges the people by how they appear and then treats the one with honor and the other with dishonor. And so it's it's flipped on its head in the shoes of the people walking in. It's interesting to me. The person who is poor that walks in and is treated this way, it's probably reaffirming. It's probably a, a narrative that's already a script in their life. And it's probably the reason why this might not work for them. The person who is rich when they walk in, their response is not gratefulness. Their response, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Their response is, I've just received what I deserve here. I'm set apart from this community. So this is interesting to me because I think, I think what we think is we like people that are rich, which is not at all what's happening. What's happening when this is being said? We are, okay, so I'm about to shift all this. We are not attracted to rich people because we want to be in community with rich people. We are attracted to rich people because we are parasitical and what they possess could offer us power. So we're not attracted to even the people. So even the preference to a rich person isn't about a person or worth or community, or belonging. It's about a narcissism that lives within us that wants to connect to something that might provide for us something that our Jesus will not. The poor person, of course, does not have what we need. How could that person offer us anything when we already know that power and money and wealth are the plan towards whatever we want? So this is interesting to me. 
It's not even about choosing the wrong community. It's about not choosing community, period. It's about life without God, which is just easier. Money, job, position, thing. These are the things that replace prayer in our lives. Right? So he's exposing favoritism and partiality. The word for make distinctions here is actually to face two, two directions. Imagine me with two faces facing two directions and the effect that has on a body when there's favoritism involved is div- division. It's also a, a wording of being divided. So it's like you walk in and you feel a sense of division and especially if you're someone who is poor, you sense it even stronger and you don't stay very long. And this is confusing though. This is confusing because Jesus actually says that we see him in the face of the poor. And if you wanna like look up scripture about the poor in our communities, there's thousands, right? He favors the poor. Blessed are the poor because theirs is the kingdom. He actually meets the poor. It's, It's the whole idea of the riches of the poor and the deficit of the rich. Like it's this whole idea. So, so what is it not about? Is money bad? No, it's not bad. If, if there is a rich person or if we happen to ever become a rich church, it's what we do with that. It's how we treat people with that. It's what we do with what we've been given, right? So if a person comes into your community and they're treated any differently than any other person for any reason, we are not operating under the law of liberty or the law of Jesus. Each person. So the whole, the whole content of the gospel is built around agape love. The whole reason it's desired and, and something Jesus wants to give is because it gives each person a sense of belonging, connectedness. So in that scenario where the poor person walks in and experiences that, they've experienced what Jesus wants them to when they're received, not as a show, but as a person who is beloved. And when a rich person walks in and sees the poor person received as a person who's beloved, and they're like, why am I being treated no differently? They're also being gifted. But their gift is going in opposite direction. Does that make sense? If we're frustrated for treating people well just for the simple fact that they're a creation of God, then we are being de-escalated from a place we need to be de-escalated from. We're going out like, right, remember the Isaiah passage where it talks about the high places coming low and the low places coming high, and that middle ground is where Jesus lives. That's what we're afraid of, though, for somebody who carries something that we desire because we think it will help us. I don't, I'm trying to, I tried to think of like a real thing, because I don't think if somebody walked in with gold rings, we'd be like, this person's wearing gold rings. But I'm, I'm, I'm even afraid to say one of the people, because... (laughs) If there are certain people that if they came in, it wouldn't be about wealth, but it would be about probably social equity. Like, I think that's more of a thing for us. What we could possibly gain from a famous person, like a Beyonce. See, I was like, like, like what if, I've thought about this before because we're so close to the Braves. Like, I've actually had dream scenarios where like half the team comes in and I'm like, what's up guys? And I just pretend like they're not there, but I still want what they have. I think that's more of a, for Christians in Western culture, I actually think that's more, more of this scenario. What if someone walks in that's a part of upper room worship or I don't know, like 
Or, or the guy that we're listening to in our ETS group, John Mark Comer walks in. Like, what if he walks in and on the other side, somebody walks in who smells funny or I don't know, like, like what, what do we do in that scenario? Doesn't reveal the kind of community we like. It reveals the kind of power we want to submit our lives to. Do we wanna submit our lives to Jesus who operates at the law of liberty and love at all times? Never is there ever a person, I mean, if there is a person, it's those who are treated the worst in community. He would, that would be where he would give special attention, right? But there's never a scenario where there's a type of person, whatever that person carries means more than the law of love and liberty to every person. So this is why I liked the monastic community we talked about last year. And I, I tried to figure out when I preached about the Celtic community. And I, it literally could have been this Easter or two Easter's ago because there's an 18-month period that it just like, blah. But there's something so beautiful about the monastic communities they would set up where they would get this plot of land and they would craft it out beautifully and they would have guests come in and they would treat each guest like a guest of honor. And if that guest desired some space by themselves, they would lead them to a place in nature to spend time and be healed and whole. You go at your speed. We will feed you tonight. Come to the fellowship. But there was no pressure on doctrine or theology. At any moment when that person decided, I'm interested in the Jesus that you've been talking about, that's when discipleship would start. But if it happened before then, it probably wasn't gonna stick. But what was important is the kind of hospitality that got people to think, I actually matter. Doesn't matter who you are. Could have been a king that came into this community. Could have been the poorest of the poor. You have a plot of land if you'd like. You can eat with us if you'd like. There's actually places to stay here. You're very important. Not just because we've created a five-point plan and then once you're there, like, now will you receive Jesus? And they're like, I don't think so. Well, you gotta go. Nothing like that. Like the way that we are a community in the world is the way the gospel is spread. And we have to do two things. We have to hold tight to Jesus. There's no version of it without him. That he is the goodness. And then we have to put faith into action. Just simply put. Like if our faith, I, I have had clear scenarios where I've told somebody, I've prayed what I just said, like, Hope you feel better. Hope you get what you need. Spirit of God, just be with them, you know? Like, I'm gonna go to my worship thing over here and you go be poor over there and maybe I'll see you again in a week or two. That's just common. It's just, it's a lot to think through the actual needs of people. And then you have the whole layer of like, what about manipulation? And then you have the whole layer of like, well, they should be working and they're not. And like, no, that's not what this is saying. This is talking about the kind of people we are to people. We offer that law of liberty because that's what Jesus' people do. And mercy always triumphs over judgment. And before you think that this is talking just about God's judgment on earth and his mercy, this is talking about the judgment I make on you or that you make on neighbor and about how when you decide, well, that person, they're poor, but they, they don't have to be. They could get a job if they really wanted to. They just don't want to. When we decide... That's our judgment triumphing over mercy. And this is saying mercy triumphs over judgment. So just to be safe, like just to be on the safe side, maybe a little more mercy than judgment. <laughs> like just maybe just a little more. And if you get in trouble for that, that's a good trouble to be in. That's just, you don't want to be in trouble for too much judgment though, right? Because it also said that you'll be judged by the way that 
you judge. Yeah. That's the part I don't even want to preach. But it's true. We want to operate under the law of liberty, like the law of liberty that brings parameters for freedom, brings parameters for good. We don't want to operate under the law of judgment that excludes people and then just, I'm going to get mine because you don't even actually get yours. This is the way the body of Christ is supposed to be in communities. So the heart of Christ and the heart of the mission of Jesus and the heart of the church is always agape love. And if you don't know what that is yet, then I just want to share with you about Jesus Christ because he operates under the law of agape love where he actually had everything and gave it up to come be nothing to give you everything without a expected response. You can't respond. Agape love is like, I'm going to do this and you don't have to do anything. Well, what if, I, what if I love somebody and they're actually a jerk to me? God pay love. Jesus is bigger. You're going to be refilled by him. It's asking us to operate in a love that the whole basis of Christianity is built upon. This is all of it. That we would be to this world this kind of love, which means we will be in uncomfortable situations. We will be taken advantage of. We will be tempted to fight. We will want to label an enemy. And bef- like, it's, it's so easy to do that. The Democrats are terrible. No, the Republicans are terrible. No, Jesus is definitely, whatever it is, if there's an enemy, it's not helping. It's just not. So anyway. <laughs> so church, be yourself. Be yourself. We, be who we are. Like this means confession must happen. I confess, Jesus, that I've attached myself to a Christian culture in America that means maybe one day I'll be famous. I confess that as a worship leader, I desire to just copy what this person looks like because they've been received so well. Be yourself. I confess that I want to do this thing because it might garner this kind of response. Like all of this stuff that we actually attach ourselves to is never even about people. It's narcissism and it's not pretty. Narcissism is not pretty and we don't even know sometimes when it's there. So, I'm going to offer three opportunities because opportunities are good, you know. Opportunity number one, and this was not planned, so no manipulation involved. As you can see, our body is not fully together, but we are starting to surface. Mariah has already told you she's building out a welcome ministry. This, I mean, I coach a softball team, and I tell them that if they get four balls, the coach comes in, and I'm like, sometimes the girls are like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm trying to make you hit it. Like, this is not even supposed to be, if I could walk the ball up and just put it on your bat, I would do that. This is the easy part. It's coming right where you want it. You have a bat in your hand, you hit it. We're not trying to strike you out. And they're like, oh, just enjoy it. This is the softball toss of all serving. <laughs> this is the easiest. It's, I mean, I cannot explain how easy it is to show up 30 minutes early and love people and say, hey, well, I'm too busy for that. What? What did you do yesterday? Let's just, what did I do yesterday? This is the softball toss of all. And we started thinking about this and we had a list six months ago, I think Tina put together. 
And every person we had on that list that we desired to get into the greeting ministry is actually serving in a larger way. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Body of Christ, this beautiful community. You can clap for yourself. But, but we need people that will greet and love people well. We have such the loving body. And I love our body because we're not about creating silos and just making everyone feel like we're providing for every need. You don't even have to raise your own families. And we have a, we're together. And when you come in and you meet our body, you sense that. You sense connectedness. But we need to paint a better picture when people get into the parking lot and walk in and get to see people. People need to be loved well. And that's like, again, what am I doing? Softball. It's not fast pitch. Slow pitch. It's old dude softball. It's not even real softball. It's please hit this ball over a fence. And we'll bring the fence in even. It can be a short fence. So even if there's just three people that are like, all right, I will come and start to love people well, that would be amazing. So you're going to meet with, um, this is the manipulative portion maybe, not going to manipulate. If God is stirring your heart and you're like, how do I serve? There's not an easier way. Like we need help with kids ministry. That's more intricate. God's gonna provide. We need people to help with the worship team. That's more intricate for sure. Not everybody is meant for that. Amen. Aaron, you're good. You, this greeter stuff is more your speed. Chair stacking. Just kidding. <laughs> you're great at that. You have many gifts. Many gifts. But this has to be something we're good at. Not because we're trying to put on a show, but because it's important. So, jump into welcome ministry, guys. Guys and gals. Number two, love Smyrna. Everybody say love Smyrna. Love Smyrna. By far the most we received from POTS, prayers of the season, by far. Serve the city. Meet the needs in the city. Be more missional. Love your neighbors. How are we loving neighbors? Serve the city. Do mission trips. Do local mission trips. Build connections with partnerships. I mean, everybody, it seems, wrote this. And we were not even thinking of this connected to that. This was already in the works. So what is Love Smyrna? This, God is just answering. So what is Love Smyrna? It's a way for us to serve and love our city. So we're going to have a day in November on Saturday from 9 to 12 where we partner with local organizations, other churches. We're going to meet in the parking lot. The table is going to host it. And we're just going to love Smyrna well. We're going to do things like free medical checkups. We're going to do things like free vet care. We're going to do things like free fruits and vegetables to people who can't purchase those things. We're going to do things like free family photos for people who've never even thought of that or haircuts for people or so many more things. You can look over there. So we're looking for you guys to be a part of this. If you have an idea, we want to know. You can sign up over there. Yeah, there we go. If you have something you'd like to donate for raffles, there's going to be a winter clothing area. There's going to be an area for people who can't afford anything for Thanksgiving with their family where we bless them with dinner and they can go pick it up. Just all these things. You can read that for a moment. And, and we want you guys to jump in. We want you guys to be a part of this. We want you guys to celebrate with us. We want you to serve. We want you to have your ideas. If you, we have, haven't thought of something you have, uh, we're going to have a prayer booth. My goal is to have an ecumenical prayer booth, prayer booth where other ministries from churches are with me at a prayer booth and we don't like shove it down people's throats, but we're not going to pretend like we don't want to pray for people. I think that's worse than shoving it down their throats. Like we would like to pray for anybody who would like prayer. So you can come join me and maybe other pastors and people. Resource booth. 
I don't even know what's at the resource booth. Bookstore. Shannon's going to set up a bookstore. There's going to be a DJ team where Becca makes it, uh, in her words, crunk. You know, like that's what she would say. Uh, so we want people who are very outgoing with that. Setup team, cleanup team, tailgate tents, promotion. In a month, we're going to hand out flyers, all that stuff. So this sounds fun. Cheer for it. To be honest with you, my biggest concern is a prayer concern that this is not a one-off and it's a bridge towards actual connection. I don't want to just be service providing for people. I want to be building community and kinship. So you can be praying for that in this, that there's actual connection and mutual belongingness that happens within this. It's not just a transactional day, but a day for us to be awoken to what's actually needing to happen in Smyrna. Does that make sense? That's a really big deal to me. Okay, so and then the last thing is... um, Today's the last day for pots. And so I don't think we have things out on the seats um, right now, but if you have something that you've been praying for and you're like, the body needs to be praying for this, we're going to give you just a few moments. And Becca, you can go ahead and come back up on stage. Just a few moments. We're actually not as long as I thought we would be right now. And so... um, We want to know if you have something that you, you think the body should be praying for. And so... Two biggest things, you want to hear what the two biggest things were so far? Two biggest things were serving our city and a vibrant uh, kids ministry. Those are the two biggest things that were listed by far. Other, there's plenty of other things. Continued racial reconciliation, um, lots of stuff. Youth ministry, all of it. And so just take a moment f- to be present here and present with God and ask yourself is there something that I believe our church should really be going after and Becca can lead in some melodic beautiful music while that happens
So if y'all would stand with me. At home in your living rooms, if you could stand. It's okay. That's okay. Could you pull up 136, Bill, real quick? Expensive water bottles falling all over. <laughs> but the water's still cold, I bet. All right. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. Just for a moment, we're going to try something our staff did, which I'm going to ask you to just express thankfulness again for something. It can be a one-liner, and then where's a body going to say, guess what? His love endures forever. We're going to practice that real quick. Super loud. One, two, three. His love endures forever. So I want you guys to just start saying thanks and we'll try and time it. It'll be fine. Anybody can say whatever you'd like you're thankful for. His love endures forever. 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 love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. The Serbia mission team. His love endures forever. love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. cut off praise him all creatures here below and praise him above ye heavenly hosts praise Father Son and Holy Ghost and praise God from Blessings flow, praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. 
all you got. Come on. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. today that you would feel blessed and encouraged as you're leaving if you would like to give you can give in the back or online if you'd like to write a pot down you can write it right here in this notepad if you'd like to sign up for love smyrna it's in the back it'll be there for two months and if you'd like to join the welcome team see the lovely mariah blessings and if you need prayer we're going to pray for you today here up front so if you'd like to stay in here do one of those things if you want to talk and hang out travel out to the middle place God be with everyone thank you for the body in Jesus name Amen love you all again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.